Hello everyone and welcome to our fourth episode of the Wildness podcast where we are talking with uh, some of the best violinists in the world about violin and violin playing. Today we have a special guest, concertmaster of the first concertmaster of the Latvian National Symphony Orchestra and teacher of Latvian Academy of Music, George Sarkisian. Hello, Hello everybody. Thanks for putting me among the best ones. <laughs> Didn't wait for well, that. You deserve it. <laughs> Thanks. Well, uh, first question. It says in your biography that you had won prizes in and awards in international competitions in Lithuania, the Czech Republic, Ukraine and Russia. Could you tell a bit more about that and your career in general? Well, I think every musician has two periods in uh, in their life where they put everything they want onto their biography and the second episode where they take everything out. So I'm somewhere in the middle. And actually, yes, it's true because everybody believes uh, in Latvia and around that the only way to uh, succeed in a career and uh, get get doing your job and get some money is uh, first succeed in a competition. Somewhere it's uh, true, but somewhere I, I believe not quite true. But anyway, while uh, being a, a pupil of uh, Dace Berzaya back in in the 19th while studying in Riga. I did every competition I could do, half of them unprepared, because sometimes they followed like uh, every second or third month. I lost a lot, I won a lot, and I don't mind today about that all. Yeah, it's quite similar sound to my childhood. We also believe in Ukraine that you should win audition to have success in your career. Yes, well, I've had a great opinion that the best competition for the musician you could win is a orchestra job competition. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty surprised how many prominent and world-class violinists are from Latvia, both older generation like Gidon Kremer and Ilya Grubert, and young generation like Baibas Kride, Kristina Balanas, Eva Bindere, you of course. How did it happen that Latvia has probably biggest amount of talented violinists per capita in the world. Well, that succeeds from the previous life during the Soviet Union, where Latvia was kind of the small Europe country inside the Soviet Union. And being not too far from St. Petersburg, from Moscow, not too far from uh, Tallinn and um, also Vilnius, Uh, It was a spot where all the greatest musicians met. Mm -hmm. During the summer, especially uh, while uh, performing on on the Jurmala stage, Mm -hmm. our kurort, (laughs) our seashore city with this great concert hall. So it it was a, a roundabout for all musicians. And this was a base for the professional school for kids. I'm talking about the Emil Zdarzinch music school. And while Soviet Union was gone, the school still existed and the system was the same. And it differs a lot from European, from middle European school Mm -hmm. system. Uh, This is what I believe uh, uh, brought all these great musicians into one spot and was feeding the you know the next generations mm. i'm curious if this uh, going to remain or we are losing it slowly why 
I think because Europe is open, so mm -hmm. good musicians spread evenly through the Europe. And because we have much more standard in the music. Now, the musicians are all stand, um, standard beings. Everybody awaits you playing on the same high level. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is this huge system, this huge machinery, which brings you from the school to the high school and uh, all these competitions again. Mm -hmm. It has a system. And the system has a limited uh, space for everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have 10 great violinists in one spot because you have only two or three concerts a week. Okay. So everybody are hungry, everybody wants to earn something. And um, this is what makes uh, the whole business spread good musician evenly through the world. So every city gets a decent orchestra and the solists are rotating all through through the capitals of each European country. This what makes it impossible to keep one, you know, mecca for musicians yeah. and uh, let everybody else out. Yeah, does it help also uh, geographical location of Latvia? Is it you kind of it's not so far to Germany and also to Russia and to Sweden maybe and other Baltic states, of course. I think it doesn't matter a lot. I'm living in Germany and walking in Latvia and flying back and forwards is like taking a bus. It's even sometimes take less time to get me from Düsseldorf to Riga than someone in Moscow getting from his house to to the orchestra. Yeah, but that's what, that's what I'm talking. Maybe because of that also pretty high level because you can easily go everywhere, basically in Europe or to Russia. Sure. And the high level is also brought by the concurrence. Mm -hmm. Because uh, the school is not a miracle anymore. It's not a secret how to teach someone to play violin properly. Mm -hmm. So we have a very high middle level, mid-level, which secures a very high high level on top. So, and everybody are spoiled. Of course, every musician... Uh, will tell you that everybody are spoiled by the high standard of, of the recordings mm -hmm. and the high standard of public demands. And this is what uh, pushes everybody up. Mm -hmm. Does uh, a Lat Latvian government help culture or its contrary? I think culture should help Latvian government, okay. if we are honest. So not 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 so much support. I also heard some negative feedbacks about that, unfortunately. I think uh, there is no any single country in the world which properly supports their own and uh, the whole the whole culture as the mechanism, mm. because there is no clear evidence, there is no clear connection between uh, the use of the culture and. Uh, I think one should investigate much more how essential the culture actually f is because it's moving s uh, such a huge amounts of uh, society around it and creates a base for for business in, in its wide understanding. Yes. So in short to say, if you remove the culture, you lose a lot of money on the other side where you don't expect it. Yeah, that's, that's true. I also remind myself that For example, uh, in Kiev, it's more like people go to opera not listen to music, but more like it's very prestigious 
to go and many big money actually goes to opera. Sure. Opera was also in this spot because it offers much more than only listening. It offers you watching and it offers you a story and emotion. It's like a book and a film. Much more people watch film instead of reading a book. Yes. And I think this is normal. And you shouldn't work against it because going to the concert is not only being there and listening, it's also preparing to go out, wearing a nice dress, having a nice dinner afterwards, meet someone. Socializing, kind of. Yes, um, sure. As a musician, you feel a little bit underestimated if someone tells you uh, that he doesn't, he or she doesn't care much what we are listening to. Mm -hmm. And it's our own musician faults and we don't uh, educate our public in the way we would like to have them. Unfortunately, many musicians are going, really giving the public what they believe the public demands. But mm -hmm. actually we should form it. Yeah. Like uh, Clyde Isahachi in the last interview said that it's more like educational, our, our goal. Sure, we uh, shouldn't only educate, of course, but... Uh, there is a, you know, everybody believe all oh, classical music is, is dying now. Nobody mm -hmm. is interested. Well, that's actually not true. I've, I have read many uh, different opinions which uh, say that classical music always uh, took a 1% of the whole society. Mm -hmm. And about 90% of this 1% are only using the classical music as an entertainment. But there is always this steady amount of people interested uh, for going in to the concerts and listening to what what we call <laughs> classical music. It actually it involves much more than than some fifty years ago. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think we should uh, worry about this. But uh, educating is just giving some golden standard to the public. Um, I believe the, it was a huge mistake to promote modern music in, uh, with such a great pressure, mm -hmm. you know, back after the war. Mm -hmm. uh, there was so much pressure from the composers, from the financial side to promote lots of uh, modern music, that there was basically no space to perform well-known works. For example, if you turn on the radio today, I don't believe you're going to hear Dvorak concert, uh, cello concerto, or, right. I, I don't know, Beethoven violin concerto, or Mendelssohn, more than once a month. Yeah. Earlier, it wasn't the case. Uh, mainly, there was only this golden repertoire performed by good performers, so every listener could tell what's good and what's not. Mm -hmm. They had some standard in their ear. Mm -hmm. And while now... Offering public so much new material and new written works and new composers, we lost this uh, base point. So the public can judge professionally anymore. Mm -hmm. This is what I call this this lost education. Mm -hmm. And musicians on the other side believe that we don't need to, uh, we can't educate the public because they changed so much, and we should offer what they basically like. Mm -hmm. So. And I think we should stay somewhere in the middle. <laughs> yeah, actually, many people believe that uh, classic music is for older generation. But I would like to mention that most of our listeners are, due to statistics, from 18 to 34 years old. So it's not really true. 
Well, I saw a clear sign of um, of the difference between Middle Europe public and, uh, let's say, Latvian public. Mm -hmm. uh, here in Latvia, you would see many young people in a concert hall. And uh, it happened to me to play in ensembles which attract only 60-plus public. Okay. And this has to do with um, with something with being used to these ensembles. For example, I'm not always playing classical music. Sometimes I'm playing rock music, and I see that all these old groups from back, back from 80s, 90s, their public has grown, and they are grown. So their concerts are also uh, attracting, uh, let's say, older generation because they they were used to hear this group back yes. while being young. So I don't I don't think these researches are so reliable because if you go to the concerts, which is the ensemble with the conductor who who is there on the stage for fifty years and is doing the same concert, same time basically with the same repertoire so you will see the same public there yeah. because it's a sign for them I'm still alive I'm still going <laughs> to the same concert I was going 50 years before right. so if you go to the concert like this you get a very clear <laughs> yeah, yeah, very wrong image of what's going on yeah that's true yeah. So I, I don't be, I don't believe all these statistics because I'm performing in Latvia, in Germany, and sometimes elsewhere. And public is really mixed. It's there is ev everybody from 15 to 115. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You have studied in Germany. Why did you choose to come back to work in Latvia instead of getting work in Germany? Well. This was an accident, actually. Okay. <laughs> I was about to finish my studies in Germany. And I played in a few German ensembles. And uh, I had to make somehow... Split myself in two parts. I had a family here in Latvia and... Uh, was about to finish my education in Germany. So what should I do? And the uh, orchestra here in Latvia kindly offered uh, me the position of the third concert master first mm -hmm. uh, which I took because having a job is better than not having a job at all That's true. <laughs> you know sitting on the phone and waiting for somebody to call you for the next project is yeah. a bad idea you okay. rather get a job yeah. that mm, fixes you somewhere fixes your living somehow and then uh, after a few years orchestra opened the position of the mm -hmm. first concert master which I found very interesting and uh, played for this position and and now looking at all these musicians in a crisis I must say I'm lucky I have a I have a job which is still paid and which is very prominent and interesting and also there was a small problem I had a small problem with German orchestras where you basically when you enter German orchestra you are completely sold you mm. you don't belong to yourself anymore mm. and you are kind of a small part of a big machine mm -hmm. and Latvia, Latvia and the position in Latvia offers me much more it gives me a lot of uh, opportunities to perform other things play somewhere else lots of free time so this is my solution for the moment I don't know what's uh, <laughs> what I'm going to do in a few years but mm. 
so the place itself was uh, very attractive and interesting. Well, it's a very good orchestra. Sure, and coming back uh, home is also a nice idea. Of course. About uh, sitting at home and waiting for call. <laughs> uh, my mother is also violinist and she keeps saying to me that you just should practice hard and one day you will have a success. But how do you think? What what else do you need except practicing to well, reach re some success? <laughs> you need to to apply your practicing somewhere. Yeah, you know you can you can practice uh, like a hard like no one else. I had a neighbor in in Germany in mm. one of my living places who played all Paganini caprices every day perfectly and with a great musical sense. Mm -hmm. And uh, for this level of playing, he he did no he did get nowhere, actually. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a little bit pity to see, but it was a clear message that uh, besides practicing like hell, you should uh, think of where where are you going to sell your practicing. So I'm the opposite man. I never practice before I get paid. <laughs> or I get yeah. to sign a contract. Yeah. That's This blocks me, uh, prevents me from getting maybe higher or succeed in a career, but I don't practice uh, unnecessary hours. Well, yeah. well, for sure you need, first you need uh, money to live, and second you need some reward for your practicing, not just practicing for nothing. <laughs> so, sure. So maybe, maybe the thing that you should also try, not just practicing, but try some opportunities in orchestra or every elsewhere ensemble but not just practicing but also sure the more things you do the more you learn this mm. is this is for sure and sometimes you should you should be doing things uh, which don't doesn't bring you any material stuff and maybe not so much experience but things which bring you some input something mm -hmm. new mm -hmm. and musicians shouldn't forget that uh, things which give you some input some emotional or intellectual input are not always um, things which has to do something with music yes uh, you certainly need some time to think without violins in your hand mm -hmm. yeah not just playing yeah because playing is uh, doing the physical work over and over again which is necessary to teach your body but uh, mostly you slow down your thinking process while while doing the same think again and again yeah yes so you should find a balance where you practice and where you have your let's call it uh, fantasy time okay all right in general how do you think does musician world provides equal opportunities if you are talking about orchestras are there equal opportunities for everyone i'm sure it's not because we are not equal The system wants to see us all equal, being even not being a male or female, but being just, I don't know, a playing unity. Yeah. But the trouble is uh, people are all different and should remain different. This is this sums up at the end and makes, makes the whole performance so colorful. <laughs> so while you are being judged by another people, you will be never judged equally. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this is bad. If you are not uh, accepted in, in one place, go to another place. 
So again, you should try as much as possible, right? Sure. If you are about uh, getting a job, just try, just get something. And especially talking about orchestras, you should be in the orchestra to get an orchestra job. <laughs> That's <Okay>. very simple. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I also, well, I felt myself, but also I know many good musicians who try once and then they don't succeed and it's catastrophe for them like personal catastrophe like oh i'm so bad i won't try anymore <laughs> well i believe that uh, good orchestra musician is less good musician <laughs> okay <laughs> no um, let's put it this way uh orchestra is a basically a military structure hmm. it's very clear and person who believes that you are going to play the whole life in the orchestra shouldn't forget that you should be able to do a routine work, lots of routine work. And uh, also, while getting the job in orchestra, you should meet some requirements, which uh, this orchestra um, waits for. So I've, I know many very talented musicians which are just not able to get a job because they, while playing the Mozart and then romantical stuff and uh, the orchestra difficulties, especially orchestra difficulties, they don't perform the way orchestra musician and musicians from this particular orchestra would like to see this. Mm -hmm. So, and sometimes you don't even realize why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It happened to me to uh, play few auditions to the same orchestra mm -hmm. and while uh, taking always some time contracts. And once I was accepted with a great success, and another day, absolutely no. Mm -hmm. I just flow from the first round. And then back again, success, and then no. And uh, only later I found out it had to do something with the collective mood of this orchestra, what they, what they are going through right now. So now I'm a little bit smarter. I know what, <laughs> what they think, and I know oh. how should I play to get the job. Oh. But thankfully, I don't have to do it anymore. Ah, nice. This is what I teach my students because everybody believes it's enough to play well. This, unfortunately, this is the base. There is lots of, mm, lots of uh, psychical, lots of, let's say it, emotional stuff on top. Yeah, just try. Hey guys, continue to listen to the second part of our interview with George Sarkisan in one week. Thank you for listening.